0: Hello hello here we are again coming to you from Broadcasting Alpha on 44 different platforms around the world and uh, we are going to talk about something that is going to be very interesting because I have an excellent guest with me Adam Stokes he is a returning to Broadcasting Alpha and of course this is the Paranormal World Show so it's under the umbrella of the uh, Mastermind and uh, the broadcast email for sure, and uh, we are also transmitting on uh, the uh, well, 44 different platform. Actually, it is kind of more than that, but we are saying 44 to make sure because I don't even know where we are anymore. We are uh, also on the Conscious Awakening Network, three TV stations, and a bunch of uh, of. Uh, social media sites. And uh, we have Adam Stokes. Let me give you a a quick introduction for him because a very well-educated man and he kind of uh, goes against the establishment agenda once in a while in uh, pointing out maybe where they are not quite totally correct. He is a professor. He holds a degree from Duke University and Yale Divinity School and Religious and Biblical Studies. He understands several languages, including Hebrew, ancient Greek, Latin, and German. And he writes lectures uh, on uh, ancient cultures and civilizations with a special interest in ancient American civilizations and the giants of Americas. And that is what we're going to talk about because there is ample evidence Yes, there were giants. Some of them were really tall. I have seen a femur bone of somebody who ever owned that bone had it in their body was somewhere around thirty-two foot tall. So there it, that bone is out there. So anyway, welcome to the show, Adam. It's great to be back, Aggie. So good to see you again. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, now, it's been
1: keeping up with all the great work you've been doing. So I know it's been a while, but it is really good to be back.
0: Yeah, that this is going to be good because um, uh, since last time you've written some books and uh, you've done a lot of things and uh, you're a very busy man. But when we talk about giants in America, where do you want to start out explaining that this is real? Well, I think the best place to
1: start out at is uh, basically are the traditions of the Native American peoples, the people indigenous to this land. And if you look at the oral traditions of various Native American tribes, they all talk about these people uh, known generically as the mound builders, who left us with these great sites, these earthworks and mounds all across the United States, though they're prim- primarily uh, located in the Midwest. But they're found all across the United States. They even go all the way to the East Coast. they are mounds in uh, Delaware and Connecticut. I've taken my kids to both of the to uh, mounds in both of those states. Um, so they're all over the place. And all of these Native American traditions describe the mound builders as being of uh, taller than normal stature. Not just taller than normal stature. I'll correct myself there. But as being a uh, significantly bigger than the indigenous inhabitants and they seem to have intermixed with native americans so when you read uh materials such as the journals of john smith who was one of the first european explorers here he's really famous from uh the uh, traditions about pocahontas um the disney movie pocahontas he was a main character in that voiced by mel gibson Um, but anyway he has these woodcuts and these sketches in his journal And it shows him engaging with uh, Native American chiefs who are at least twice his size. These guys are enormous. And they uh, make the claim that they are descended, that their lineage comes from these mound builders. But the mound builder civilization itself seems to have ceased many hundreds of years, even probably like a thousand years before uh, European entry into North America. Um, So there are a lot of uh, Native traditions about these. Uh, mound builders that they were um of extraordinary extraordinary height and the archaeological evidence we have for them suggests that they don't they're not native to America, but that they came from uh, someplace else, uh, namely uh, most likely the Middle East.
0: Hmm. Now hardly anybody talks about this. And if you go to the Smithsonian no. and ask them about them, they're all you're gonna get back is um a blank
1: stare which is weird which is a shame because this was very well known information to the founders of this country um i always point out thomas jefferson uh was our real our first indiana jones in america he was our first archaeologist and he wrote extensively so we think about thomas jefferson we think about the declaration of independence we think about the jefferson bible which is one of my favorite texts by him but his some of his earliest writings were these excavations of these mounds. Um, And unfortunately, he kind of destroyed some stuff while trying to excavate them. That was that was kind of bound to happen, sadly. But he talks about uh, finding and you mentioned this while we were talking before the program. um, He talks about finding large, uh, very large femurs, very large uh, skeletal bones, suggesting that these people were of of, above extraordinary uh, above normal height. And much later, uh, Abraham Lincoln, during the Civil War, when he makes a speech, he talks about the giant mound builders as well. Yeah. But when the Smithsonian comes along, and I'm glad you mentioned them, um, they kind of push back. They they start basically a campaign of propaganda, uh, which the elites always do, against something that everybody knew, everybody um, basically understood to be true. They push back against that um, for kind of... uh, prejudicial, bigoted reasons um, in regards to their view of Native Americans. They didn't want anyone to think that there was any type of advanced civilization he- here in America before uh, modern Europeans. And they push back on that, and the propaganda that they use uh, works really, really well. And even though I think that the Smithsonian has done a lot to uh, reckon with its past, I take my kids to the Smithsonian uh, every couple of years. We're not that far away here in Jersey, we're about two hours away from D.C., And so they've done a much better job, I think, in past decades of looking at uh, ancient North America. But there's still, even even now in the 21st century, there's still kind of a pushback um, against, a little bit of a pushback um, against this this understanding of the mound builders as this great and ancient civilization. People don't talk about it a lot. And when they do, it's always kind of in a very ambiguous way. Oh, these were just you know, mound builders, they made these ceremonial sites, but there's not that much more that we can say about them. But that's just not true, Agi. There's a lot that we can say about them. Uh, There's a lot that we know about them from their archaeological remains.
0: Now, you got some uh, serious uh, religious studies behind you also. Yes, yes. What do you think is the reason for this cover-up? Is it religious or is it political or... What do you think?
1: That's a that's a great question. I, I think it's I think both are going on. So I think in in I think when this started to happen, when the cover was up, started to happen in the late eighteen hundreds. I think it was both political and religious. What do I mean by that? Well, political in the sense of if you're going to accept the idea that Native Americans and basically their um, their ancestors. Uh, these mound-building people who intermarried, who intermixed with Native Americans, had an ancient and great civilization, then you have to uh, consider the Native Americans to be human. And in the late 1800s, that was not a popular idea. I was watching a show uh, the other day uh, called Bass Reeves. It's about one of the first uh, Black American uh, sheriffs, law enforcement men, Um, in the 1800s, and he's working uh, with uh, these other sheriffs, and they're basically talking about the Indians. Sometimes they talk about him like this, but they're mainly talking about the Indians, like they're just savages. The guy says basically the Indians aren't human. Um, And so that is the sentiment that was undergirding kind of Smithsonian's view um, of of, of ancient America uh, back in the 1800s. But there is also a religious element. So I'm from a Latter-day Saint tradition. I consider myself a Mormon. I'm not from the uh, Utah Salt Lake City Church, but I am part of a smaller tradition. And in the early 1800s, when uh, Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, comes out with the Book of Mormon, um, it's claiming that there was indeed an ancient civilization um, in North America that was highly advanced, um, that was uh, highly uh, technologically advanced, and in the same hometown that Joseph Smith grew up in, Palmyra, New York, that's the same hometown that John Wesley Powell came from. If You've heard that; you've probably heard that name before, because he was the he became the head of the Smithsonian. He was probably the leading archaeologist in the mid to late 1800s, and he becomes the head of the Smithsonian. And so he has kind of a beef with Mormonism to begin with, and so it's very much beneficial uh, to him to claim that there was no really advanced ancient American civilization, that ancient American civilization was primitive, that it was savage, because to say the opposite would be to support the claims of Mormons that he hates. So there's both
0: political and religious reasons uh, for this cover-up. Yeah, um, when it comes to the the giants... they it wasn't just a the height. They had uh, double row of teeth and they yes. were a little different in some ways. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is a seriously genetic difference. Yes,
1: massive genetic differences. So the teeth uh, were different. Also, the skull was different. A lot of these giants, these mound builders have elongated skulls. Um, and we see that both in North America and in South America. And I think the South American giants are basically the North American giants migrating south. Um, so I think they're all kind of part of the same race. Um, but uh, they had these elongated skulls. And it's always been my contention, Auggie, that these elongated skulls, if you look at the history of, say, the Druids, for example, in Europe... Um, and other uh, ancient, great ancient European civilizations, whenever a dude has a really big skull, he uses that kind of for like his psychic ability to build and to create things. So I think Stonehenge was created with this psychic ability. And I think the mounds um, that are here in North America were created with their psychic ability. Now, people will push back and say, "Um, Adam, they're just clumps of dirt. Um, But if if we have to recall that back in the day, They looked much different than they do now. There's been a lot of erosion. People have gone into them. People have uh, disrupted them. People have destroyed them. It's kind of like the Egyptian pyramids. So, you look at the Egyptian pyramids today, they're still amazing, but they were absolutely glorious back in their heyday. They were covered with gold. And a lot of these mounds were covered with things as well, with gold plating and stuff like that. So, they looked, they were very similar. Um, in many respects, to the Egyptian pyramids, and they had a glorious kind of a, a magnificence about them that's kind of been lost over the centuries. So they looked quite different. And they're actually very, very, um, you know, people just say, oh, it's a, it's a clump of dirt, but it's actually very, very hard uh, to build these things. There's a mainstream archaeologist, Bradley Leper, who talks about basically the impossibility of building, um, uh, building these mounds, even with slave labor, there just weren't enough, there wouldn't have been enough people. So that raises the question, how are these mounds built? And again, I go back to my own personal opinion is that uh this was his psychic ability. Um, and that is what uh what was uh, facilitated by these uh by the cranium of these giants, these this large skull.
0: I have studied the German giants quite a bit. Yeah. And I found some things in old Roman writings, some of the surviving Roman records, where they say the Romans, they used the German giants in front of the rest of the army sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they actually had an armor. Yeah. That they have a, uh, an, a sample of that armor that the giants wore. Yeah. You could, see. You could fit two people in it, and it weighed 800 pounds
1: yeah, this is I'm glad you mentioned it. this is really well documented. So um as you mentioned, I um I'm uh fluent in multiple languages. Um, I actually serve as a Latin teacher. That's my main occupation. And this past semester we read Caesar's Gaelic Wars, and this is very well documented. So, A lot of the Germans, like the Germans didn't want the Romans in there, but some Germans were actually conscripted into the Roman army. And like you said, Caesar describes their armor very, uh, very intimately in very exact detail. And like you said, this is an armor that I could that I could put on not as a five foot three person. So or most people, most modern day people could put on.
0: Isn't it amazing how we're being had? Yes, yes. (laughs) And a lot of
1: people don't know. It's funny, Aki, because sometimes, you know, when you read the ancient literature as you have, it's right before our eyes. But then you're like, wow, I'm so amazed. I never knew this because nobody ever talks about it. So it's there, but then at the same sense, we kind of suppressed it. So that's not there at the same time.
0: Mm -mm. Now, let's take that... We know they're, we have the skeletons, we have the stories, we have the drawings of people that have met them, made the drawings back in the early 1800s and so mm-hmm. on. They are here in the Americas. And you think that they came from the Middle East. Let's say yes. they did, and I, uh, because they're there too. Yeah. Now, where did they come from when they? ended up in the Middle East where did the ultimate giants come from in the distant past
1: yeah that's a one that's a that's an awesome question um I always turn to whenever whenever I'm asked that question I always turn to Genesis chapter six and it talks about the Nephilim and that gets translated in the Greek and the Latin as gigantes I think the Nephilim are a race memory of a much earlier, much more ancient civilization. And if I had to put my finger on it and give a name, I would say Atlantis. Um, if you read the Atlantis tradition, so if you read uh, the Greek traditions about Atlantis, Philostratus, uh, Plato, etc., uh, if you read some of the material that Edgar Casey did on Atlantis... Um, it all talks about Atlantis being this highly advanced civilization where the people, again, use their psychic ability to create things um and to make things. And that's what, exactly what you see with the mound builders. So I think the mound builders are basically, as Genesis six suggests, they are, um, they are descended from these giants, intermarrying and interbreeding with what becomes uh, the people of Israel. But those original giants came from uh, the lost city of Atlantis.
0: Yeah. And then there are hieroglyphs in Egypt. Talk, they show the depict the really tall people next mm-hmm. to regular. Yes. So,
1: so the servants, yes. And they, they show the servants and they show the regular Egyptians. And uh, then you have these giant people. Um, it's interesting, Aki. if you've ever seen the movie Gods of Egypt, um, people were really upset about that because uh They had some like uh, Western actors, European actors playing the Egyptian gods. But I think it did an excellent job because it shows the gods are gigantic and the normal people, the Egyptian priests and stuff like that are just our size. And I think I don't think that's mythology. I think that's, you know, a memory of of, of these giants who were descended from Atlantis. And there's a direct connection uh, between Egypt and Atlantis with the pyramids.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, the Anunnaki were also very tall.
1: Mhm mhm yep so mentioned in the sumerian text and Zachariah Stichin yep. does uh does a lot with them there's a great documentary i think i thought you um were you part of that documentary um there's one on the anunnaki um that uh was very was very very profound i recommend it to anybody
0: yeah and uh, we are told that columbus discovered america sure he did my name is cleopatra too <laughs> just just as true yeah uh, yeah now, the thing about it is that there are Egyptian artifacts that is found in North America mm-hmm. in in fact, in Canada also, not just the United States in the mm-hmm. in the um in Ohio. You wrote a book on that from Egypt to Ohio.
1: Yes, Talk about yes.
0: this. So, yeah, basically, um in this book, um
1: there's a poster of it back here. Uh, from Egypt to Ohio, I basically uh, make the argument that the mound builders were this Egyptian-Israelite hybrid. And that's why um, you have in Ohio, um, you have these Egyptian inscriptions that have been found. You have these Hebrew inscriptions that have been found. So this is definitely whatever, whoever the mound builders were, they were some type of Semitic people, whether Egyptian, um, Israelite, or etc. Um, or in my opinion, they were kind of a, a mixture of both. Um, so you have uh, these Egyptian inscriptions, these Egyptian artifacts, and also these Hebrew artifacts. We found cartouches um, here in North America. Um, in um, in Ohio, there was a cat cartouche uh, that was found. Um, Egyptian symbolism on uh, many relics that have been found in, in the Midwest. Um, so uh, they were definitely here. And this is something, if you ever read um, a book by uh, Brian Jennings uh, called Ancient... Uh, ancient north america he is a mainstream archaeologist he wrote the book back in the 70s but in the last couple of chapters of his book he shows and he mentions a lot of these egyptian artifacts that have been found here in north america he doesn't put it in the main part of his book because he doesn't really uh, i don't think he wants you to know about it <laughs> but even he has to attest, he's a mainstream archaeologist and even he has to attest to some of these uh, findings of Egyptian artifacts here in North America. Hmm. So um, we're, you know, we talk about, you know, being separated by these people for centuries that were all different, but really, Aggie, we're all the same. Um, There's all, there's, there's a, there's a force, there's a cosmos that unifies all of us. So the Egyptians uh, didn't just do their thing over there. They also came over here and yeah, we're, we're all interconnected, Aggie.
0: Yes, we are. And, uh, in fact, up in the uh, in the Grand Canyon area, there is caves up there yes. where they found Egyptian artifacts, Egyptian mm-hmm. writing. In in fact, even further than that, I had a he's gone now, but uh, I had a friend in Tucson that did a lot of digging around up in the 1970s, 80s up in the yeah. Grand Canyon area, and he found some of those artifacts, and he brought home a plate a gold plate with egyptian writing on it yeah he had yeah. it at his home yeah and he had it on a table i saw the thing it yeah. was yeah. there he brought yeah. it from the grand canyon and the grand
1: canyon has like amazing uh, stuff yeah. in it and it's also oddy as you you probably know this one of the hardest places to get permission from the us government to excavate at um so you can't so you can't go as deep into it um, as you would like without the u.s government's permission and i think a lot of that has to do with kind of this holdover since smithsonian was part of the government still is part of the government um i don't, I don't think people want you want you to see uh what is in the grand canyon because i think if, if they did um it would overturn a lot of what mainstream archaeology says is the history of ancient north america
0: yeah and you know how those people that he kind of pull the strings within archaeology, they sure don't want to admit that they've ever been wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. And you, you got another book coming out, too, which...
1: Yes, yeah, so this you came should... out a couple years back. This is kind of my follow-up from a Egypt to Ohio called Relics of Babel, and it talks uh-huh. about some of these inscriptions uh, from a collection known as the Michigan Relics. Now, the Michigan Relics... Were thought to be forgeries for many years. That's still kind of the mainstream view of them. But there's a lot of evidence that has come into play that calls that into question. For at least a lot of the artifacts, and I do, and I have mentioned this before. I think some of them might be forgeries, but I do not think the vast majority of them are. Um, and they contain uh, talking. Going back to your point earlier, they contain uh, they contain uh, text uh, and letters in Egyptian. Hebrew um, and other Semitic languages. So kind of reflecting this blend of, of Semitic cultures that we have here, not in the Near East, but here in North America.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, if you look at newspaper history here in the United States, I have read probably at least 10, 15 newspaper articles dating back a 100 years or about that. Where they said, "Yeah, we found this skeleton. They was nine foot four, and then there mm-hmm. was one that was ten foot something, and yep. he had double row of teeth." And they explained mm-hmm. it hundred years ago in the newspaper article. And they mm-hmm. also explained that, "Oh, the Smithsonian came and took it." Here's a mm-hmm. here's a pearl for you folks. A few years ago, the Smithsonian was sued. And they had to go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled that the Smithsonian had to release the information about the American giants when asked to do so. So if you find one of those old articles, they're they're all over the place on the Internet. Get the information on it, write to the Smithsonian, say you are ordered by the Supreme Court to release this information to me, and you will get it.
1: Yeah. Aki, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, I want to shout out to a friend of mine, Giants of North America. He's on Instagram. If you go on that site, he literally has thousands of newspaper clippings from the time that you mentioned uh, that mentioned, uh, that mentioned the Giants. And that's a very important point that you raised, Aki, because mainstream archaeologists We'll go, oh, where's the proof that, you know, this ever this ever happened, this ever existed. But in a lot of these newspaper clippings, there are photographs and there are images, uh, mm-hmm. sketches, but actual photographs that people uh, took next to these giants. So very, very well documented. Um, this wasn't just like this wasn't just some type of hoax or, or a fad, but this was stuff that this these were findings that uh, happened
0: all over the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's not just the United States. You have them in South America. In fact, Mm. on my old property back in Norway, the one I let go when I came to the United States, uh, there is a grave mound, a Viking grave mound. And it is kind of really big. Nobody ever dug into it. Mm. But I bet there is someone big in that grave mound. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all over Norway, Sweden, and Northern Europe. Yeah. Well, you guys have had a whole history
1: of giants within your, you know, your traditions and stuff. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it gets interesting once you start putting your toe outside of the box and see what's there, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, What do you think? Could it be that the giants... Are of an alien origin way back in history.
1: That's uh yeah, that's a great question. I've always considered the giants just to be um kind of uh larger than average. I mean, larger than normal uh humans. So the term Nephilim, I've always just taken as um their fall. Um, it's a Hebrew term. Hebrew participle, masculine plural participle. The fallen ones. Uh, and referring to like a fallen civilization. But, and I think, you know, Eric von Doniken and Zachariah Stitching give their own good arguments for this. Um, the term ne- the term Nephilim fallen ones could also refer to um, a spaceship or a sky people that have fallen uh from, from the skies from outer space and crash-landed um here. And um, I think if you look at the at the Anunnaki, there's definitely at least they understood themselves as having extraterrestrial origin. And in the Native American traditions, to go back to them uh, from where we started, from where we started, um, they talk about the star people or the sky people, and it's the exact same uh, kind of tradition for these star people as you have with the Anunnaki uh, that Stitch, stitching talks about in the Sumer, Sumerian text.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a lot of armed, uh, you know, people sitting around would like to do a little more research on the internet about giants. Where do you think they should start to find good information?
1: I think uh, for me, Richard Dewhurst's book um, about giants uh, was my starting point because I didn't know a lot of this information. So I would say uh, Richard Dewhurst's book, if you look it up um, online, um, you'll find it. Um, Also, uh, one of my friends, Wayne May, he does a magazine called Ancient American Magazine, which I contribute to um, every now and then. And uh, he talks a lot about this giant civilization. So those are two uh, starting places that I think would be very good for people. Uh, Frank Joseph in general talks about uh, ancient uh, ancient American civilization, and he's written a little bit um, on giants. Um, even uh, David Childress from Ancient Aliens, uh, he's written on giants. He has some articles Um, that he's published uh, along with, uh, with, along with Frank Joseph. Um, So those are some really good starting points. And like I said, a lot of people have um, picked, uh, have uh, in recent years, uh, started talking about the phenomenon. So Giants of North America um, on Instagram, another one of my friends chasing mound builders um, on Instagram. Um, He has some great information, some great reference material uh, with this stuff so this information even though uh, as we've talked about there's kind of been a history of suppression this information is out there and people can't find it if they're willing to find it and look
0: for it yeah we've been talking about the mound people and the ancient giants but they're also here today uh, for those of you that are sitting in the armchair over there want to do a little research google the Kandahar Mm-hmm. giant yeah the yeah. military caught one about oh, i don't know close to 10 years ago now but they ended up killing him he came out of a cave over in uh yeah you know where and he was 12 they ex i think about 12 foot tall yeah
1: and it didn't it didn't go so well it wasn't it wasn't a happy giant uh story so yeah that's yeah. amazing so he, he he was killed but he took some people he took some soldiers down with him yes yes
0: yeah. Um, the military people come out and say, yes, we did it. We, I, I have seen it. Yeah. I was there. And in the, so in
1: Afghanistan, um, there was a military guy who was talking about this. He said he used to serve, he served in the military. He wasn't a soldier. So basically he had a lot of free time on his hands. So he would go into town and, you know, go to the bars and stuff like that. And every Afghan person who ta- he talked to said, stay away from the cliffs stay away from the mountains don't send your helicopters there don't go up there we don't go up there we never go up there and the reason they said that is because you still have these giants up there and um, apparently they're 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 very primitive i think they kind of digress uh kind of de-evolved um if you want to use that term um but not not very nice either
0: yeah they are uh, a little violent yes Yes. And maybe that they're violent because they want to protect themselves. And and yeah. that could turn into violent very easily. Chances mm-hmm. are that they're very intelligent. But their scope of intelligence because of neural network has been limited to their little world.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. A fascinating story. Yeah. A lot of yeah. confirmation of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, t- tell us also, now you got some really interesting stuff in the from Egypt to Ohio. Tell us, how can we find your books? Yes, yeah, so
1: all my books on, are on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. If you type in Adam Stokes, it will pop right up. Um, so all of my books, I have books and articles uh, on Amazon. I also have a Facebook page, and I have um, an Instagram page myself, Adam the Giant Guy uh, 2019. And so all of my uh, links to my writings, links to my material can be found there. And I'm in the process of having an official website, Aggie, um uh, Adam the Giant guy, but I'm still working on it. Uh, okay. A few tweaks here and there, um, but it should be up sometime this year. Yeah. How, how tall are you? I'm not tall at all. I'm only five foot three, five foot two. Oh,
0: really? Okay. For well, sure. then, yes. you, then you're not a giant. No, no, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the lineage, but I talk uh, about it. There so. yeah, you go. There yeah. you go. There you go. Well, I'm sure glad that you could come on here and talk for me, with me for a little bit because this was interesting. This and is great. Abby. It's always it's always great talking to you. Yeah. So uh, let's do this again sometime in the near future. We can Absolutely. expand a little more. Yes. Yes. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, being with us. And uh, Then to the listeners out there, go ahead and put, go to Amazon and put Adam Stokes in there. And uh, his name will bring up the books and you can look at it and you can look at what, uh, you know, in the text there, what it writes about. And uh, chances are that uh, you're going to want to read some of that. So uh, then we will see you later. And until then, be good to each other. Thank you.